This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Investors may be starting the week with a bit of anxiety. That's because last week, Wall Street lost better than 3% of its value. We also saw bond yields soaring over the last week, and this happened as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates another quarter point. But is this the start of uh, larger issues for stocks in general or a normal correction for the market that's been running strong for the last several years? From a historical context, Wharton professor, finance professor Jeremy Siegel believes right now it's not time to panic. And Professor Siegel joins us here in studio. You also know that he is co-host of Behind the Markets Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sirius XM 132. Jeremy, great seeing you. Thanks for coming over. Good morning, Dan. Happy to be here. I I saw that comment that you made about not panicking right now. Take us a little deeper into why you think that's the case. Yeah. Well, that's uh, one of my usual comments. (laughs) I think that's good advice for life. Uh, (laughs) Right. uh, uh, Yeah. I I mean, I I see this as a normal correction. I I mean, I thought the market was getting a little ahead of ourselves. I mean, let's step back because I've been on Knowledge Warden for a while. And and this year, uh, at the beginning of the year, I said it's going to be a zero to 10 percent. And we were just tickling at 10 and above. And I said that the market's going to be challenged by higher interest rates. Um, At first, it tended to ignore it. Hey, let me worry about it. It it tended to ignore Trump's uh, threats on uh, tariffs also. Let me worry. Uh, (laughs) Right, exactly. The Alfred E. Newman uh, position, (laughs) let me worry. Uh, And, and, you know, finally, uh, when the 10 years sort of really started moving into new post-cyclical high ground, uh, and people looked around and said, "My goodness, you know the, the you know uh, the the, ten, the ninety day Treasury bill, three month yield is two and a half percent, and uh, the Fed says a hike in December and three hikes next year. That's going to get the short term rate above three percent. Uh, you know, for the first time in many years, you've got to get gains on stocks to be ahead." Of a savings account, which yeah. was a, used to be a no-brainer, right? Zero sure. percent. Yeah. So people are beginning to say, uh, all right, what kind of gains? Now, we had a great year for earnings. So it's, I mean, this was a super year. Uh, but all that news is out. It's in the market. And in fact, uh, we've been seeing some markdowns in fourth quarter and 2019 earnings. Uh, nothing significant, but uh, the the good news of, of 2018 earnings is priced in the market, the fear of those higher interest rates was not. And I think this reaction that we see uh, was the this fear of the higher interest rates. Will we see some sort of correlation with this particular move when we start to see the next round of GDP numbers come out? Well, I think at the end of this month, we're going to get the third quarter GDP, and it's going to be good. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be in the mid to high threes. Okay. Um, but markets are forward looking, and most estimates I see for this quarter that we just started two weeks ago yeah. uh, is in the high twos, not okay. not higher than that. We've seen the slowdown in housing, a few others uh, with the threat of tariffs. Um, I, I mean, I'd love us to continue on a three percent roll economy for 2019. But uh, at this point, it looks like that might be a stretch. Well, so for those people that don't follow it really close, 
take us into the thought process of the Fed. You mentioned about the quarter point interest rate, Ike. There's another one expected coming up later this year and three more. Why is it that the Fed believes that it needs to have this pattern moving forward even through 2019 and who knows for for 2020? Right. Uh, Several reasons. First of all, um, we saw that unemployment rate get down to 3.7 percent, a 49-year low. Um, Now, it is definitely true that that economists as well as the Fed has been surprised about how low the unemployment rate has gotten without sparking significant wage increases. We've gotten some, but not really severe. But when I look back at the data and Fed looks back at the data, if we ever get to 3.5%, we've only gotten to 35 Now, I mean, we're not there yet. The unemployment rate. Uh, unemployment rate yeah. down there. But if we keep creating uh, 200,000 jobs a month, uh, and we mentioned this, I remember back in uh, last January, when the uh, demographics of the population is only producing 100,000, yeah. that means you've got to eat into that pool of unemployed, which means that the unemployment continues to go down. And whenever it's gotten down to three and a half, we've only been three and a half two other times, the Vietnamese War and uh, the Korean War. I mean, you're really going back to times. And both those times, we've had some major price increases. Uh, What I'm saying is we are drummed tight on that labor market. And uh, the Fed is – so this goes back to why is the Fed raising rates? It wants to slow us down to 100,000 or 120,000 so that we can glide path to uh, a position where supply and demand for labor comes uh, back into uh, balance here. Second, second reason yep. I think is really important. And you know, we're at we're at 2 to 2 and a quarter percent on the Fed funds. Yep. Uh with 2 to 2 and a quarter percent inflation, that means our real rate is zero. Yeah. And that is historically a very low and uh, even somewhat below uh, the Fed's current estimate of where they want the long-term interest rate to be. We're joined by Jeremy Siegel, a professor of uh, finance here at the Wharton School. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the run uh, last week of the stock market. Now, as we were getting ready to go on, we were watching the numbers on Wall Street right now, and they're down a little bit, but they're not significantly down. But the comment you made to me, which I wanted to bring up is, well, they're they're, they're okay right now. Which tells me you you really have to watch this market right now almost at times hour by hour to see whether or not there's an increase or a decrease of of a significant measure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a historical fact that when you have a big volatility in the market – uh, a, a downward break. It follow there's, it follows with further volatility. I mean, da- hopefully damped down. Um, now, you, you know, let, let me let me say two things. From when I said don't panic, because you you rightfully introduced that. From a long term perspective, I think the stock market is fairly valued. Okay. Um, uh, which means, uh, you know, for those long-term investors, those four hundred one ks, your, your, you know, all all your pension funds and everything, don't start panicking and pull out of, uh, of of equities. I still look 
to uh, returns that are going to be seven to seven and a half percent per year hmm. uh, in stocks, which is much much greater than bonds. Uh, the short term, though, is is this this quarter, as I've I've said before, is going to be a challenged quarter because of the rising interest rates. We have political uncertainty. We have the midterm elections, of course, coming up in uh, what three four weeks. Um, uh, you know, I mean, the expectation is the Republicans keep the Senate but lose the House. Uh, you know, does that change? how Trump uh, views bargaining with the Chinese. The Chinese wanted to say we're not bargaining until after the election. They think they got a better chance of making a better deal right. after that. So a lot there's a lot of uncertainties here again. And, uh, you know, the Fed, uh, with the unemployment rate being 3.7, unless we see a, 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 I don't, a significant downward move in the stock market. And yeah. that what I mean is something like 10 to 15 percent. Right, right. Market, the Fed is not going to be persuaded by this little pullback. Oh, golly, we, you know, we need to change our policy. Well, and you said about uh, about stocks pulling at about seven or seven and a half percent this year. That's even higher than historical norms, right? Which are anywhere between like six and seven. Correct? Uh, well, six to seven after inflation. Right. So, uh, okay. okay. So that so, fact yeah, is my, that yep. Yeah, the long yep. run after is, and, and I'm looking to five to five and a half. Now, that's from current positions. Right, right. Uh, uh, this year, I think, might be a little lower. Uh, at the beginning of this year, I said zero to 10, and that was uh, uh, before inflation. That would be minus two to plus eight. Right. Uh, and we're kind of almost in the middle of that range with this with this pullback. At first, I thought maybe I was a little too pessimistic right, <laughs> just yeah. three weeks ago, but now it's right in that middle of the range. So, uh, you know, the, uh, I think this year, you know, we, we could see, uh, you know, again— uh, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this year, year to date, December thirty first is is five to ten. But I'm I'm looking at next year and uh, saying, you know, I I, I think that uh, you know it could be zero to five, uh, or right. my if I want to broaden it, minus five to plus ten. Because again, the good news is out. Um, and uh, we're going to have to deal with that higher interest rates. But three to five years hence, right. you know, I see, hey, th- these are still good values. So then what did you make of the president's comments about the Fed? Because that <laughs> obviously drew a lot of attention, and he, and he, he to a degree, threw the, the, the Fed and, and, uh, uh, yeah. and, and under the bus a little bit on this yeah, one. Yeah, let's blame the Fed. I mean— if if the stock market goes up, it's my it's because of me. If right, it goes right, down, it's right, the Fed. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, he uh, says what he thinks and feels. He's he he doesn't uh, fear using hyperbole. Yeah. Uh, now, all that said, there are a few people that do think the Fed is being overly tight. Mm-hmm. There are even some governors. Uh, that say, you know, why are we panicking about inflation? And we've got some excellent news on the CPI just last month. Uh, they, they, uh, there's, there's this group that say, don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes, sure. which yeah. is the inflation. Um, now, the only problem with that approach is that monetary policy does not work uh, instantly. It can sure. take months. So if we wait and, oh, yeah, finally we're getting inflation at 2.5% uh, or more if uh, to start applying higher interest rates, yeah. uh, that that might be too late. Uh, you know, Milton Friedman, I remember, and, you know, he was my colleague at, at Chicago, and he said, you know, unfortunately, on, on real output 
uh, monetary policy could take six to 12 months. On prices, it takes 12 to 18 months. Wow. So if you wait until that happens, you're going to be really behind the eight ball by the time that takes effect. And that preemptive, that's the reason why the Fed tries to be preemptive. Its indicators say... If I don't start normalizing my interest rates now, I'm going to be in trouble later on. So if 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 that 10% number that you mentioned on, on let's say the Dow Industrial Average, we're probably at about 4 to 5% of that right now. Yeah. So there's still some room potentially for it yeah. to give back yeah. in the next few weeks before maybe it settles a little bit or maybe picks a little bit right. back up. Well, you know, Dan, I, 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 predicting the short run of the stock market is a is a is a crapshoot. I mean, right. I my, my my colleagues think I'm crazy sticking out my neck and doing that. Right. Uh, 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 and I've also made the statement many times that if you're right 55 percent of the time in the short run, you're a genius. So <laughs> it's real. You know, I, I I would love to be able to pick year end Dow Jones for you. Uh, to say what 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 would happen, uh, I mean, I think you know, looking forward, the Fed uh, pretty much has, has factored in that December rise. The only right. thing would prevent it would be something terrible happen, and then they won't do it, uh, which is a good cushion uh, that uh, that they can do. Uh, but I I think uh, uh, the you know I think trade with China. Uh, you know, the, January 1st is supposed to be where we have that full tariff on there. Yeah. And, you know, $500, $600 billion of imported goods with inflation beginning to run at or even slightly ahead of the Fed uh, is it's something that, the you know, the market has to has to take into account. If we get a resolution. If we get a re- resolution before year end yeah. of the Chinese situation. We could easily have a ten percent, fifteen percent pop in the market. Wow! Yeah, I mean there'll be so much relief. And by the way, the market probably is getting a little too ahead of itself because right. it has to deal still with all the factors in the economy. But that, but would, that is a big uncertainty that is is hanging over the that, market. That would be quite a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy uh, New yeah, Year. Yeah, and if, if yeah, if, want, if, uh, if Trump wants to do that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, once some people say, "Well, why doesn't he do that before the elections?" Well, uh, true, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, he's sort of on. Uh, I mean, they're, they're they're so far apart that I can't see them reconciling until a few days before. Now, right. I think what happened with Canada is very encouraging because a week before. Uh, Eve Trump is, oh, we're far apart. We're going to slap big tariffs on his autos. You remember yeah, that? Absolutely, and, yeah. you know, he was very aggressive. And then six days later, you know, it's all kissy kissy with Justin Trudeau. Well, we reached an agreement. Everything is fine. Blah, 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 blah. blah. So, you know, and there's that ability to kind of turn quite quickly there. Um, uh, but but uh, the Chinese is certainly a much bigger problem than either the the NAFTA or certainly the European situation. Wharton Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel joining us here in studio. We're talking about the state of the stock market right now. Your comments welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, you can send us a comment on Twitter, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Almost a little mini version of Behind the Markets, which you hear every (laughs) Friday here on Sirius XM 132. You know, it's funny, last week uh, you were with a group of journalists and did a speaking engagement here at Wharton, uh, yeah. which I actually, I was there for another day. Yeah. Uh, and it was written up in the New York Times by one of the journalists about how you were talking about what investors really need to, to concern themselves with right now. And one of the things 
that this uh, writer mentioned that you had said was investors at times being too emotional. Yeah. Can you go into, into exactly oh, what I mean by that? Yeah. I mean, um, if you follow the market every day, uh, you, you get wrapped up in in the prevailing psychology. And just as a matter of, of, of almost definition, when the market is soaring upward, everyone's optimistic. Right. And everyone has good news to say. And you can get caught up. I don't want to miss, you know, FOMA, fear of missing out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got to jump on the bandwagon. And then when everything sells off, everyone's so pessimistic. Things are so bad. Oh, terrible. Oh, I've taken such losses like that. You say, oh, I don't want to get in now. But we all know intellectually the best time to get out is when everyone's excited and there's no problems in, into uh, the future and when we want to get in is when everyone throws in the towel and says, hey, you know, things are just terrible. A little bit of buying on the dip, as it uh, were. Right? Well, yeah, I'm buying on, you know, going against the prevailing sentiment. But that is so hard to do. Yeah. Uh, to to do that. So, you know, you know, the, some of the best players of the market sort of uh, you know, either they're in for the long run, they're indexed, and they're getting, you know, long-term gains. Or if they want to play sentiment, they just go opposite that sentiment. Yeah. When everyone is, uh, you know, so optimistic, they shade down. And when everyone wants to throw in the towel and there's headlines, market crash, they go in more. And I don't mean all in, all out. Yeah. But, I mean, shade in and shade out. Uh, and and those, are, those are the most successful. So from a historical spe- perspective, going back to the bond yields for a second. Yeah. How significant of a move was that this week? And is is there is there elements built into what we're seeing with the Fed that, that we're going to see those bond yields at least either hold or maybe even raise a little bit uh, a little bit further? Yeah. Well, you know, last December I, I predicted year end this year end bond yields a three and a quarter, and for a long time I thought, yeah. gee, I'm I'm too pessimistic because they were staying down to eighty to ninety to ninety five three maybe, but. And then all of a sudden, in late September, they jumped up to the 310, 315, and then you know just uh, we got some strong data, and they went up to 325, 326, yeah. and then falling down, they've gotten a bid because of the market. When there's market volatility, people often shelter in those treasuries, and so they're down, you know, about 5 to 10 basis points, but that. But I, with the Fed continuing to be uh, aggressive with the strength of the economy to beginning to stay in there— you know, you can see three and a half, three seven five by the wow. end of two thousand nineteen. Oh, okay, next year. Um, yeah. And you know that makes you not want to be in bonds because long term bonds will give you a capital loss if you're if the if the yields are rising. So you're in, you're not going to lock in that yield because yeah. you know you're going to have a capital loss unless you want to hold ten years. Let's say for the ten year bond, right? And I think you're going to do much better in the stock market than that. So, so really, really, when you look at, at the economy right now in the United States, and obviously it's been a pretty good run yeah. uh, the last uh, eighteen months or so, uh, and obviously the market's a little bit longer than that. Uh, really, China and some of the other issues, the global issues are going to be the points that, that we have to kind of keep an eye on to see where we're really going to be headed in the, in the next couple of and years. And that unemployment rate, if it keeps on ticking down three, uh, you know, three, six, three, five, and we get tighter and tighter markets and begin to see wage because, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I once showed an investor recently just the plot of the unemployment rate up and down since World War II. Yeah. And, you know, it's all the way down now. And he said, 
He said, oh, Professor Zika, this is the scariest chart I've seen. I said, why is that? Look what happens right after it gets down to this 3.5%, 4% range. We've shot up, and that's been yeah. a recession. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You're, you're right. We we really have never engineered a smooth landing where we can get that unemployment rate there and that. Listen, the, the, the dynamics of an economy are up and down. Yeah. We have not abolished recessions. We could have in a recession. The indicators say it's going to be one and a half, two years out, and we could have some you know, decent gains in the stock market coming forward. But, uh, you know, we haven't abolished the business cycle. And sometime we will have that recession. And unemployment down to 3.7 has been usually within a year to two of, of the beginning of a recession. What do you think it takes then to, to try and be able to get that smooth landing that you say <laughs> uh, of keeping unemployment? In that three five to three well, seven range, well, the Fed range. is trying to. It's very hard, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, I, I think, to some extent, to completely smooth out business cycles is impossible. I mean, sure, one yeah. thing you accept when you when you when you you know buy into a market economy is there going to be cycles. The best sure. you can hope for is the Fed and the government can smooth those out so that we don't have terrible outcomes like the 1930s, et cetera. And so, which basically, actually, we did. And after the financial crisis, yeah. we, we never, never, we did provide enough liquidity to prevent that bad case. So there but, really uh, isn't, there really isn't really, a magic number I think, there. I, I, I think there's, you know, we all hope against hope. Maybe the Fed has just got it right this time. But the truth of the matter is, is the, the, there will be a cycle Almost no matter what the Fed does, let's hope it's a mild cycle. By the way, there is encouraging news. Our cycles, our, our uh, uh, recovery periods between recessions have gotten longer than longer. As you know, yeah. if we get to July next year, which is odds on, we will have eclipsed the longest economic recovery in U.S. history, which was the 10 years between 1990 and 2000. Um, we've already, you know, by by certain measures, been the longest bull market, although not the strongest bull market, but the longest uh, bull market in history. So in a way, we are succeeding at lengthening the recoveries and hopefully moderating the down. We did not do that with the financial crisis, right. but the recession that we had before that, the nine, uh, the two thousand two thousand two recession was, and that followed the longest recovery. That was the mildest recession we had in post World War II period. So we, uh, you know, we messed up on that. We should have seen the danger signals. We sure. can go into that. To, to made not that shouldn't have been as bad as it was, but all the other evidence over the last twenty or thirty years is we have been lengthening uh, the recoveries and and smoothing down recessions. But the ability to say we've eliminated them, I think, is is premature. Is, is there an element that you can say that that part of the reason why we've lengthened the, the recovery this time is because of some of the policy moves made by the government, you know, going back eight nine years uh, with some of the changes. That that banking has had to oh yeah, kind well, of banking is much safer. I don't see any excesses yeah. um, that of risk. You know that that you know could cause anything right. like that. Right. Another reason, by the way, that we've had a long recovery is is very honestly we 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 went pretty deep down. Sure, so yeah. we had a long way to climb. Although we went deep down in the 30s, and then we had another uh, severe recession, 36, 37. So it doesn't guarantee you that you're going to have a a long recovery. But we had a we had a long road. We brought the unemployment rate from a peak of 10 percent, as I say, all the way down to 37. Remarkable. What has been missing in this great recovery 
is good GDP growth. We've had yeah. very, as we talked about, yeah. very poor GDP growth. I mean, it's and there, the, but the anemic. Yeah. And, beca- and that's because of productivity. And when you get poor productivity growth, you're not going to get real wages going up. Yeah. Uh, and and those, all that is linked together. We're beginning to see some signs of a better productivity in a few quarters, it's still pr- too premature to say we've ratcheted up to uh, a more normal rate. Great seeing you again, Jeremy. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thank you. Jeremy Siegel from here at the Wharton School. And again, you can follow him Fridays here on Sirius XM 132 as the co-host of uh, Behind the Markets with Jeremy Schwartz. Uh, many thanks to Jeremy Siegel popping in the studio to join us today. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 